number of years ago, we had a, we had a couple of friends, and they were, um, they were in and out of kind of relationships. They were trying to find the right Mr. Right or Mrs. Right, and they just kept picking the wrong people, and they would get terribly hurt. And one of the things we noticed was they'd always end up back together, consoling each other on, on how, how difficult it was to find the right person. And we remember talking, talking to them and, and they're going, you know, we, we, we just can't find the person we love to marry. And we're, Juliet and I are looking and we're kind of scratching our heads and go, <laughs> you know, why don't you, you two, pair up? And I remember them going, they went, oh no, we're best friends. We couldn't do that. And we were going, no, that's it. That's the whole idea of, of marriage. Anyway, a, a week later, Juliet got a call um, from, the, from the girl, of course. She said, I just kissed my best friend and they're married today. So it, today, what I want to do is talk a little bit about prayer. And I want to say that prayer is like kissing your best friend. In fact, it's how your best friend becomes your bridegroom. Jesus. Prayer is the most precious gift we can have. A few weeks ago, Juliet was speaking about ask, seek, and, and knock. Some of you went on a um, prayer retreat and got profoundly touched by the Lord. And the result is there's a, there's a, a stirring of prayer in this church. And it's really exciting because I know that no move of God happens without prayer. I've studied this. I've read that God moves as a result of his people praying and that prayer is coming on the, the radar of this church. Not that it hasn't always been on, but he's, just as he's been teaching us about worship, he's been teaching us about salvation, he's been teaching us about the healing the sick, I believe he's about to teach us about prayer. And so with the same passion that we worship, he's gonna teach us how to, how to pray. So let me say a few things about prayer first. The disciples watched Jesus and said, teach us to pray. It's the only thing they say, how do we do this? Show us how to pray like you do. And it starts, you know, when the Holy Spirit comes into our lives. And in fact, Paul says, he is the one who teaches us to pray. So our prayers, just like our worship, are meant to well up from within us. Jesus says, I'm going to read it in a minute, you cannot pray effectively if you do not forgive. You know, so forgive as you have been forgiven. And then he says, pray for your, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. So actually, the people that persecute us the most, he wants you to pray for the most because that's going to bring around a change. He says, so that you may be sons and daughters of heaven. How do you know if you're a son and daughter of heaven? You're loving your enemies and you're praying for those who are persecuting you. When we ask, our Father always gives good things. So you can't pray a bad prayer. It's not possible. We're just lifting up our, our voice in our hearts to the Lord. 
Prayer is how we learn to know the voice of Jesus. John 10, my sheep know my voice. How? We're learning to talk with him. Prayer can move mountains. Jesus says you can speak to this mountain and say, get up and throw yourself into the sea. Matthew 17. Prayer can shift seasons. Sometimes you're in a season in life and it feels very difficult. Prayer can shift that. Jesus says, pray that your flight may not be in winter or Sabbath, Matthew 24. He's, what he's saying is you can shift the season by your prayers. You can, you can change it. Prayer wakes us up to the hour we're living. It opens our eyes. Um, Matthew 13, 33. Prayer calls the labourers into the harvest, Luke 10, 2. Prayer must be consistent. Remember the, the, um, the widow and the unjust judge, he banged on his door. The prayers of the incense, we just talked about that just a few moments ago, are, are, are incense before the throne room of God. What, what is it that the Father loves so much? The prayers of the saints. Our prayers are the perfume in heaven. They literally, as we pray, the throne room fills with incense and the 24 elders are catching all of the prayers in the baskets. Prayer leads us into spirit and truth, John 4. Um, by prayer, we abide in Him and He abides in us, John 15. In prayer, Prayer, we realise that He chose us. You know, sometimes we think we chose Him. You know, when we're walking forward and giving our lives to Jesus, we think we're doing it. He's already chosen you. He's the one that's calling you. Some of you are going to give your lives to Jesus this morning, but it's He is calling you. It's not, it is a choice you're making, but it's as a result of what He's already started in your, in your life. Um, Prayer, we enter, by prayer, we enter the um, greater works, John 14, 12. You know, Jesus says you're going to do greater works than all the things you see, but it comes from prayer. Um, prayer releases justice and mercy. And you know, when P Paul talks about the armour of God, most of it is defensive, apart from two things, you know, the helmet and the breastplate and the belt. But he's, he says, um, you have the, the, the word which is the sword of the Spirit, and you are to pray in the Spirit for on all occasions to keep praying. So with our two offensive, so we have defensive, but we also have offensive, the Word. We can speak God's words and we can pray and we change the atmosphere when we pray. So, you know, after I've listed that, you know, I, I, could, I could throw a question to you. You know, how many of you are mighty in prayer? One, two, you see, we've got some. Come on, how many of you pray? Yes, here we go. Phew, it wasn't a trick question. I'm so grateful. The reason I, that Juliet spoke on prayer the other week, and she's far more qualified than, than, than me, because um, she prays all the time. It's, it's not that I don't pray all the time. I often just feel that I'm whimpering all the time and she's praying. I, you know, oh God, oh God, oh God. You know that one? But I, I hear her all the time just calling out to heaven. So she has an authority in prayer. I'm so grateful for the prayer warriors that are in this place because, because nothing would be happening here if there were not people praying. 
But what the Lord wants to do is dial it up on our agenda so that they, He can release even more. So prayer is going to increase. So let's get, get your Bible. Let me find my glasses. And we haven't got long, so we're going to move really quick. Find Matthew chapter 6. Why don't you stand up? We're going to we'll stand while we read. This is the Word of God. This is Jesus speaking about prayer. Matthew chapter 6, verse 5. Here we go. And when you pray, you shall not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the corners of the streets, that they may be seen by men. Assuredly, I say to you, they have their reward. But you, when you pray, go into your room and when you have shut your door, pray to your Father who is in the secret place. And your Father who sees in the secret will reward you openly. And when you pray, do not use vain repetitions as the heathen do, for they think that they will be heard for their many words. Therefore, do not be like them, for your Father knows the things you have need of before you ask Him. In this manner, therefore, pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done. In fact, hold it. Have you you've got your Bibles, right? Let's read it. So... Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever, amen. And then he says this, for if you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive men their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. Take a seat. We're going to move really quick and then we're going to practice. So, now you know God. You've given your life to Jesus. Prayer is your greatest gift. It's interesting that Jesus deals with prayer after good works. And I think it's because it's easier to do good works than pray. And I think the church gets often too caught up in good works and forgets to pray. And what Jesus is saying, do good works, but also learn to pray. And so we finished last week with Jesus' play on words and rewards, and he uses exactly the same play here. So the first word for reward is when you pray in the open and everybody sees you and you, you know, they were doing good prayers and everyone's looking thinking, I can't pray like that. Jesus says they've received their reward. It's not about good prayers. It's not about um, looking spiritual. And, and the word for reward literally means you get your pay. It's that, there you go, you got, that's it. You've got, you did it and you've got your full reward. But Jesus says, but when you pray, go into your room and when you have shut your door, pray to your Father who's in secret place and your Father who sees in secret will reward you openly. And that, again, different word. This word of reward means he will take something of himself and deposit it in you. The reward is the Father. Okay, so he's going to, so we go in, we shut the door and we pray and, the, and we come into the Father's presence and he takes something of himself and puts it in us. 
That's what Jesus is saying. So how do we pray? We have to get along. Now we love being together. It's great to pray together. It's, we're gonna do it again in a minute. It's, it's really fun. But start on your own, whether it's walking, whether it's on your knees, in your room, get alone. My King James says, shut the door behind you. Get rid of all the noise so you can hear God. Set the scene. Okay, some of you guys, you know, that we do, you know, lots of people ask us about relationships and stuff like that. And you're trying to find a husband, a wife. You know, if you're going to take someone out on a date, don't take them to Asda. Take them to a restaurant, set the scene, okay? So you, you prepare and, and you know, you make, you make, you know, oh, can we have a table in the corner? Can we have candles? Can we have music? Set the scene. The same when you come into the presence of the Lord. Find, have a place where you pray, where you put on the, you, you put on the worship music. You know, if you, you can light a candle if that helps. Whatever it is, set the scene for God. Be, open your Bible, read a psalm. Lord, I'm ready to meet with you. Here we go. Just start to worship. Holy Spirit, we love you. Invite, just as we do here, invite His presence into your closet so that the closet fills with the glory of God. You see, what we're doing is we're getting serious about prayer. We're not tacking Him on the end. And it's great, we can pray to God all day. You know, we can be at work and throw up an arrow prayer. You know, Lord, help me. Lord, bless so-and-so. But this isn't what Jesus is talking about. Jesus is a do business with God. Get alone and do business with God. Then He says, get regular. He says, when you pray. It's not about quantity, it's about quality. And, you know, different prayer times will look different. You know, a student's prayer time might look different from a mum with children. You know, if you're a mum with children, get into a closet. I'm trying to hide in a closet, but they keep following me. You know, so uh, mums, it's okay. You know, what Jesus is saying is set the scene. You know, and so, you know, if you've got young children, you, you, you just distract them for those moments that you, you're going to pray. I, we know what it's like. We've been there. Okay, but you're a business person. And, and, and so you're praying in your car. You know, you, you shut all the windows off. You're not listening to the radio. You're, you're, you're praying to the Lord in the car and suddenly the car becomes your closet. Wherever it is, find a place. John Wesley said this, I have such a busy day today, I'm gonna have to spend an extra two hours in prayer. <laughs> You see, what often happens is we're so busy, we don't have time to pray. What John Wesley said was, and he's the man who turned this country upside down for, for God, and pretty much much of the society that we now see as a result of his preaching 200 years ago, he said, I'm so busy today, I need to pray. I need to spend more time with God because the more time I spend with God, the more I will get done. And it's amazing how, you know, students, I know you think you're tired. You don't know what tiredness is until you have babies, okay? And then you know what tiredness is, all right? There's a, so some of the mums are going, oh, yes. Uh, okay, you see, we, we never think we have enough time to do the things we need to do, but we always have the time to do the things we love. 
And what Jesus is saying is give some time to prayer because this is the greatest gift you can have. So really quick, so lots of people call this the Lord's Prayer. I actually tend to call it the disciples' prayer because the disciples are us. We're the ones that are gonna pray it. The Lord doesn't need to pray this one. We, we pray this one. And, and what I'm, I'm really gonna move quickly. What he's, what he's doing is he says, pray to your Father in heaven. And, and what, he's, what he's reminding us, and I think it's really important for, for us in this season, is the Father loves your prayers. The Father loves your prayers. You know, we, we love the Holy Spirit and we love Jesus. The Holy Spirit has come and made his home in us. Jesus died on the cross for us, but he's saying the Father loves our prayers. And in fact, when we pray, it warms the Father's heart. They're before the throne of the Father. Okay, you know, if you ask anything in my name, the Father will do it. Your Father in heaven. You know, when... when Emma, my daughter, was younger. We used to go to um, London for a day, um, and normally around this time of year, um, Christmas shopping in Regent Street and uh, Leicester Square. And we would always get a first-class train ticket and sit in first class because it was a special event. And, and I, what I want to say to you is when you pray, the Lord has a first-class ticket for you. He loves this. I don't know if she loved it, I loved it. He loves your prayers. And he is making a space ready for you. You know, if you want to find a, a wife or a husband, you have to go on a date. Otherwise, you're never going to find anyone. So our prayer is a date with the Father. It is us and him. It is where it all starts. And it's one, there is, we see, we see the overflow here, but it starts with us and the Father. Oh dear, I can see the clock. We're really gonna move. Hallowed be your name. Come into his presence by worship. And, and I, I'm not talking about being miserable. I'm talking about coming to his presence with joy. In his presence is fullness of joy. We lift our praises to him. His name is hallowed. His name is holy. And, and, and that is an active word. So um, we, we are, if you like, when we come into the presence of a holy God, we are purified by expiation. That we are... Um, as we walk into his presence, we are cleansed because he is holy, we are holy. He, he is so holy, he cleanses us when we come into his, his presence. Your kingdom come. It's talking about, Lord, I want your reign to come into my closet. Okay, this is really personal. Look, when we're in his presence and we say, your rule and reign come, um, we are now under heaven's rules, not earth's rules. So when we pray under heaven's rules, um, anything is possible because there we are with the Father. So when we're talking about your kingdom come, your rule, your will be done on earth just as it is in heaven, everything is done 
that is God's will in heaven. And you go, well, it should be on earth. Have you looked around recently? Not everything that happens on earth is God's will. Not everything that happens to us is God's will. But we're praying to bring ourselves into a place where the reality of heaven becomes a reality here on earth. Do you get it? I know I'm moving really quick. You see, your will be done. And and you're saying, what do you want from my life? You know, the prayer, (laughs) the Lord, whenever I ask the Lord, you know, is there anything you'd like to change in my life? He has a list. He always answers that one. And what we're really saying is, Lord, what are we working on today? And it's not in a sense where he's, you're a wicked person, Steve. He's not saying that at all. He's forgiven me. What What are you saying? This is what we're doing. This is where we're working this week. You know, when we pray for the sick, um, we got a bit carried away praying this morning, but normally um, we use the same song. Why do we do that? We use beautiful face. Well, when we started praying for the sick, the problem was it, there was just so much unbelief in the room. People weren't sure whether they, whether they believed God could heal or even if they knew he wanted to heal. And so I'm, I'm, I'm just out walking with the Lord and I'm going, Lord, how do we do this? You're telling us to pray for the sick, but it ain't working. And one of the things he said was, do create an environment of faith. He said, I had exactly the same problem. He said, when I went to my hometown, there was so much unbelief, I couldn't do many miracles. Oh. And he said, what you need to do is we're gonna do the same song and I'm gonna start healing the sick and they're gonna associate that song with healing. And as we sing that song, faith is gonna arise in the room and the sick are gonna get healed. That came out of prayer. I said, what do you wanna do, Lord? Your will be done. He said, this is how I want it done. And so part of what we find in prayer is what do you want to do, Lord? Right, give us this daily bread. And, And obviously this means provision but it's more than provision. Jesus has always said, your father knows what you need. This bread, the word for bread means give me some of tomorrow's bread. This is faith bread. This is heaven's bread. What we're praying is, Lord, give me some of the bread for heaven. Jesus says, I am the bread of life. Give me some of the Jesus bread. He is my provision. He is the one that I'm going to um, live from. Um, forgive us our debts and forgive us our debtors. Isn't it interesting that we didn't, Jesus doesn't tell us to start with our sin. Don't you find that interesting that we don't start praying, Lord, forgive me my sin. Why? It's already forgiven. He doesn't need to. What he's actually saying is you, we, we confess our weakness and then we declare his grace because, because we confess that, Lord, you have forgiven my sin. Thank you. But then as we forgive others, just as he's forgiven us, we are confessing grace over their lives and we release it onto them. Whether they take it or not is their choice. But what Jesus is saying, so we're not saying, Lord, Lord, we don't start our prayers with our sin. He knows knows our sin. He's forgiven it all. All that you've ever done, all you ever will do. But what we do is we confess our weakness before him and we Declare his grace. Does that make sense? You're not coming into prayer, oh, I'm a worm. You're coming in as a son and daughter of, of the king. But you, we, we, we confess that we need him. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. This is really, this isn't easy to translate actually, because um, 
the problem we have is the Spirit leads Jesus to, into temptation in the wilderness. But James says God doesn't lead anyone into temptation. What's he talking about? I think it's probably to do with um, Peter and the devil. Remember just before the crucifixion, Jesus said, Simon, Satan has asked for you that he may sift you as wheat. But I have prayed for you that your faith should not fail. And when you have returned to me, strengthen your brethren. You see, what Jesus is saying is that the, the devil steals. And that God has sown his words in us, the parable of the sower. Okay, and obviously we talk about the word of salvation, but he has sown his treasures in us and the devil wants to take them away. He wants to stop us believing what God has done. That's why some of you have given your life to Jesus and go, oh, it's getting a bit difficult now. Why there is a battle going on over your life? And what Jesus is saying is, you know, that lead, don't, don't, don't lead us into the, the battle, Lord. See, <clears throat> We don't have time, but do you know God loves to brag? Have you read Job? Look at my servant Job. There's no one like him in all of the earth. And the devil goes, great, I'm gonna get him. So the Lord's going, look at my servant Joel over there. There's no one like him in all of the earth. And Joel's going, oh no, oh no, here we go. (laughs) Because the Lord is bragging about us and he's putting the spotlights on us. And what Jesus is saying is, is, Lord, don't lead us, pray not to lead us into temptation, but when he comes and he tries to steal the treasure, Jesus is praying for you and he will not prevail. Why? Because Jesus said, the Prince of this world is coming and he has no hold over me. And if he has no hold over Jesus, he has no hold over you. So we're praying. So he can't steal the seed, but we've got to guard it in prayer so that it can grow into a tree and it's much harder to steal a tree. It's easy to get a seed. It's much harder to take a, to take a tree. Okay, um, where are we? Oh, we're, we've a minute past. Yours is the kingdom, yours is the power, and yours is the glory forever and ever. Amen. We always finish with praise. Always start with praise in your prayers and always finish with praise in your prayers, Jesus is saying. The Holy Spirit is teaching us this. We always leave the presence of God in joy. That's, He has, he has read the Psalms. Read the, the, the Psalms talk about dancing, shouting, praising, rejoicing. Again and again and again, we always leave the presence of God in joy. And we're going to do it in a minute. And it is this Jesus, the Saviour that now rules our lives. We walk daily in His presence, under His kingdom, yielding to His name, nourished by His being, declaring His grace and overcoming the power of the devil and rejoicing in the glory forever and ever. Amen. That's what He's teaching us how to pray, to move into that place. So we're going to practice. Why don't you stand up?